0: Listen, here's the deal. I'm here to talk to you about self-control. And I got to be honest, it's a tough one. It is a tough one. Who raise your hand if you feel like you struggle with self-control? Right up. Right up. Let me get my Bible here, and then I'm going to raise my hand. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. All right, so if you didn't raise your hand, I'm going to be honest, you're probably lying to yourself. (laughs) Because here's the deal. I look out and I see probably, eh, probably 200-ish middle schoolers. And then I stand here and I gotta be honest, I act like a middle schooler three fourths of the time anyway. So I struggle with self-control. Y'all struggle with self-control. So let's be honest, we just gotta talk to each other about self-control. That's how it rolls. But first, we have to realize what we struggle with self-control at. For me, the two biggest things I struggle with is my telephone and my thoughts. Those are the two biggest things that I struggle with self-control. Who here would be willing to share what do you struggle with self-control at? Is it your anger? Is it your words? What do you have? talking. That's big. I love to talk. I'm right there with you. It is hard to not talk when you've got a thought that you want to say. I'm right there with you. My anger? Your anger. Listen, I understand that too. When you're mad and you're frustrated, it's hard not to show. It's hard not to let that out on the people. Dawson. Eating. Eating. Okay. I love to eat. Who likes to eat? Me. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, there were some cookies that were sitting in front of my desk the entire day. Guess how many cookies I ate? Okay, y'all, come on, work with me, work with me. I I don't struggle with cookie eating that bad, but I did eat two, which is more than I've had and to be honest, probably a month. So that was a big deal to me. But, okay, eating, what else, who else, who has some in the back? Uh, Gray, I think that's gray. Sports, okay, let's talk about that one. That's good. Do we struggle... To put other things in front of sports, namely God. Or do we in turn put sports above God and say, well, it's easy. I'm just going to skip my Bible reading time today because it'll be okay. God's going to be there tomorrow because I want to play sports. Or do we have the self-control to say, no, I'm willing to do my Bible time right here, right now, because I want to be with God. God's word fills me up. Jonah, what do you got? Video games. Video games. It's hard to turn off the Xbox. I'm right there with you. I get it. I get it. But look, here's the deal. All of these that we've just named. Sorry, Mia. I'll get you all. Okay, you're good. But look, all of these things we just talked about are true, and they're things we struggle with. And there's a hundred other things that we haven't listed that you might struggle with, that I might struggle with. But at some point, we've got to be willing to make a stand and say no more. I'm done. I'm over it. So here's my challenge to y'all. Before we get started, I'm going to do something. Y'all are welcome to do it with me. You don't have to. But I'm going to take my phone. You see, look, I've got notifications on my phone that just popped up from my walk to here to here. And I'm going to go like this. And I'm going to turn it off. And it's off. Look. It's gone. All right. Look, don't throw your phone. But if you're willing, turn it off. Put it under your chair. That's my challenge to you. Look, we've got maybe, you've got a maybe, counting the last song, 35 minutes with me. We can put our phone down for 35 minutes. That's okay. You're good. All right, so here's the deal, though. Here's the deal. For some of y'all, listen up, listen up. For some of y'all, though, you're thinking, but wait, I brought my Bible on my phone. Is that anybody in the room? Okay, if you did, you're in luck. I've got Bibles over here. Come grab one if you want. Who here says, okay, keep the phones right here. Don't throw them on the stage. Who's the, here's the deal. If you are saying, but wait, I want to take notes on my phone. Is that anybody? Anybody want, that keeps notes on your phone? Okay, if you do, I've got notes and a pen over here. Come grab some. I did. I, came, I love to be prepared. But look, that's how passionate, though, I feel about self-control. Because I got to be honest, I've been working on this for maybe, I don't know, two and a half weeks. And this sermon's kind of been kicking my butt a little bit because I realized I don't have good self-control. I thought I did, and I don't. That's just the reality. We might run out of Bibles. That's okay. Grab your stuff. Go take a seat if you've already got it. You got it. There you go. There we go. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. So, hey, I'm going to keep talking while you're doing that, okay? All right. So, look, here's the deal, though. By turning your phone off, by being willing to come grab a note card, by being willing to come grab a Bible, even if you're not, even if you just put your phone underneath your chair, You've now taken your first step to helping in self-control. So good job. Give yourself a round of applause. Great job. All right. But I do have some points for y'all as well. Sound good? So look, there's some guys in the Bible, and they struggled with self-control. There's a story in the Bible where somebody struggled, where we see self-control. So let's do this. If you have your Bible, open up to Luke 4 for me. Go into Luke 4. Now we got to remember Luke 4. Now, the number 4 means there's 1, 2, and 3 before it, but there's sometimes a some lot of numbers after it. So that means we're at the beginning of Luke. Can anybody tell me what happened in the first chapter of Luke? Anybody got a guess? Avery? Jesus was, Jesus was born. Okay, perfect. Luke 1 and 2, Jesus was born. What about Luke 3? Any guesses? The baptism of Jesus, you read your heading. Good job, Carter. Uh, The baptism of Jesus, but then there's also Jesus going to the temple. So we see these stories. But here's the deal. Jesus is baptized, and that's where we pick up at Luke 4. So if you read with me, we're going to be at Luke 4, 1 through 13. Starting in verse 1. And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit In the wilderness, for forty days, being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, And it is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in the moment of time, and said to him, To you, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you. And on their hands they shall bear you up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. But Jesus answered him and said, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until the opportune time. So what do we see? We see Jesus being led into the wilderness, into the desert. We don't really know what the wilderness was, but. Judging by where Israel is and the space and everything, we'd say probably a desert. For 40 days, 40 nights, he doesn't eat, doesn't drink. No Chick fil A that night. Yep. No Little Caesars. He wasn't sitting by this beautiful oasis with flamingos and penguins and camels, all this stuff. He's out by himself. It's nothing. There is nothing except some rocks, as we see. See him with it? Y'all like the little, the flamingos tie-in for the Valentine's Day? I tried. I tried. Okay, I did my best. So look, here's the deal, though. We see Jesus 40 days, 40 nights, and all of a sudden, Satan comes and he starts tempting him. Now, when we look at it, we see Satan's been tempting him all 40 days. But these are the three that are mentioned. And he says to him, and he says, look, Jesus, you're hungry. Turn this stone to bread. I know you can do it. But Jesus turns around and answers him and gives the word of God back and says, no. Man doesn't live on bread alone. He takes him up and says, Jesus, look, I've got control of this kingdom. It can be yours. But Jesus turns around and says, no. I don't. It's not. It's not. Not happening. You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then he takes them up to the tallest part, the pinnacle, so the peak, the top of the temple. The temple at the time was the highest structure in Jerusalem. He says, look out. Look at everything that you see. Throw yourself down here. I know you can save yourself. But Jesus turns around and brings the word of God back to him and says, no. Listen, look back right here, verse 12. And Jesus answered him and just said, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Okay, so we see that. And this brings us to our first point, going all the way back to Luke 4.1, receive. Okay, so if you're writing down, you need to write the word receive. Now, if you're like me, I struggle to spell a lot. I always put the I before the E after the C. Unfortunately, it's wrong. So if you're writing it out, R-E-C-E-I-V-E, okay? All right, listen, I, still, I literally did that today, and I was a little annoyed with myself, but here we are. So look, though, Looking at Luke 4.1. And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. But the key phrase right here is, look, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit. Now, we know he was full of the Holy Spirit when we look back at Luke 3, Jesus' cousin John has just baptized Jesus. Jesus is baptized, all the way in the water, comes up, and we hear the dove and the voice of God that says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased, right? But in that time, the Holy Spirit comes on Jesus. And he, all of a sudden, is filled. So Jesus isn't walking into the desert with nothing. He has the Holy Spirit with him. It's like a partner, a companion. A companion right? Imagine if you're trying to do, run a marathon, for example. If you're trying to run a marathon, and you're trying to run by yourself, and you're trying to train by yourself, and you're trying to get yourself ready, and all this kind of stuff, but it's only you. It's going to be hard. But if I, Trey, if I have a friend, Trey, you and I run a marathon, and you are texting me every day saying, Jake, don't forget to run. Jake, I ran 10 miles today. Did you run? And then I text Trey, Trey, did you run today? I ran. See what I mean? All of a sudden, I'm like, well, man, Trey's running. I better start running. I don't want him to beat me. You know, he's got a companion. He's working with him, right? So I want to tell y'all, look, I had car issues. It's pretty unfortunate. Anybody had car issues? Yeah, some of y'all don't have a car, but has your parent ever had a car issue? It is rough. It is rough. It is rough, right? So a couple months ago, My alternator on my truck went out. Now, the alternator charges the battery so the battery can run the car. I learned all this because I had to learn how to fix the alternator. So that's a picture of an alternator. Now, the alternator is about this big. It's like this big, okay? It's a small piece. It's not very big. But that little piece lets the entire car run. If I don't have that little piece, uh, it's not going to run. So I buy the part. I get all the way into my truck. I mean, I'm like laying down, right? On the, su- like on the pavement, trying to fix my truck, just like this. And what happens when I get underneath my car and I start to take the piece off? What do y'all think? Oil. Oh, there was some oil. But here, I didn't have the right tool. So I called my friend, Corey. Not that Corey, actually a different Corey. Sorry. And I said, Corey, I need your help. I don't have the right tool. And he goes, bro, I got you. And he brings me this tool, and I'm like, sweet, man. So I start to fix it. And then about halfway through, the same problem happens again. I don't have the right tool. This happens four times. I have to call Corey four times. And by the fourth time, he's like, dude, do you want to just bring you my whole tool set? And I'm like, yeah, that would be great, actually, because this is not going well. But I finally got it fixed. And I learned something, though. I learned that if I want to do the job, I have to have the right tools. I wanted to fix my truck. I I like to be able to drive places. That means I've got to have the right tools to fix the alternator. So in case you're wondering, I do now own the right tools to fix the alternator because I went and bought them because I was like, I don't need to call Corey again. But beside the point, we're tracking back and we're thinking, okay, what does an alternator have to do with our first point of receive, right? But think of Jesus. Jesus received the Holy Spirit before he walked into the wilderness. So for y'all, if we want to talk about self-control, if we want to battle with self-control, we have to decide, are we going to do it alone? And probably end up losing the battle. Or are we willing to receive the Holy Spirit inside of us? So that's your first step. If we're looking at the Holy Spirit, if we're looking at self-control, our first step is we have to receive, we have to believe that Jesus died on the cross, rose, three days later, for our sins, for me personally. That's the first step. I can't fight this battle of self-control on my own. Because the reality is, I end up surfing through Instagram. I end up, you know, playing video games, getting distracted, not doing my Bible time by myself. But when I'm willing to say, Jesus, I need your help, Jesus, I'm distracted today. Jesus, teach me something today. All of a sudden, I'm able to stay focused. It's there. So the first step, receive, right? I got to have the right tools. I have to be willing to say, I can't do this alone, okay? So we see from that, though, that here's the deal. I have to receive the Holy Spirit. I have to believe that Jesus was there. But then I also have to turn around and be honest with myself. So that brings us to point number two, acknowledge. Also, by the way, <clears throat> a very tough word to spell. So if you need to spell it while you're writing down, A-C-K-N-O-W-L-E-D-G-E. OK, so again, I'm a bad speller, so I'm helping you all out a little bit. But look, here's the deal. Go into Luke 4:2 for 40 days being tempted by the devil, and he ate nothing during these days. And when they were ended, he was hungry. Who all has eaten dinner tonight? Okay, most of y'all. Who hasn't eaten dinner tonight? Some of y'all. Okay, I have not eaten dinner yet. I'm kind of hungry. Now imagine this feeling that you're feeling, that you haven't eaten dinner yet. Now multiply that by 40. That's how Jesus felt. 40 days with no food. Nothing. No breakfast, no dinner, no lunch. He wasn't out here going and hunting or anything. No food, right? But look at why is it so important. In verse 2, right at the end, he was hungry. It doesn't have to add that part, but it does. He was hungry. It shows us that Jesus felt the same things we felt. Jesus was tempted by the same things we were. So as I'm looking at it, and I realize, I have to acknowledge. I realized, fact, Jesus was hungry and thirsty. He hadn't eaten for 40 days, okay? Now, I like to be goofy. I like to be a little silly sometimes. So I thought, what's a fun way to illustrate this? I have a, I have a movie that's actually one of my favorites. Has anybody heard of the movie Hoodwinked? No, no, Emory has. All right. If y'all want a prime example of what Hoodwinked is like, check it out. I can't believe I'm saying this, but drink up. Mm? We may want to stand back. Oh, good boy! All right, that was pretty goofy, but here's the deal, fact, Jesus was hungry, Jesus had the ability to turn whatever he wanted, the stone, anything around him into food, he had the power, but he had the self-control to say no. Also, fact. Don't give the squirrel coffee. <laughs> like that, just don't. Yeah, don't give the squirrel coffee. When the squirrel got coffee, it's like somebody had dropped a hand grenade on the squirrel. There was like there was nothing. It was like pew, 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 and he's like all over the place, right? Yeah, like it's crazy. But here's the deal: a lot of us are more like the squirrel than we're willing to admit. For me. One of the reasons I don't eat a lot of cookies is because I like to talk. And when I eat a lot of cookies, I talk way too much. And you don't need to know every thought inside my head. You just don't. You don't want to hear it. You don't wanna, It's just not good, okay? For the video games. When we start playing on the video games, all of a sudden we formed a habit where every day I'm spending three, four hours on the video game. And all of a sudden... It's like the squirrel with coffee. You just can't control it. You know what I mean? It's goofy. I know it's goofy. And it's funny. That's why it's one of my favorite movies. But it encapsulates, encapsulates, sorry, it shows exactly what we're like when we don't receive and acknowledge the fact that we have an issue. The squirrel has to acknowledge the fact he cannot drink coffee. It's harmful for him and honestly probably everybody else around him too. It's not a good thing, right? So if we look at that, you have to be willing to be honest with yourself and say, I have an issue with self-control. I have an issue with my phone. I have an issue with scrolling through social media. I was willing to be honest with y'all. I have an issue with the thoughts in my head and on my phone. So I tossed my phone away and I had to memorize scripture because the thoughts in my head were not good thoughts. They were thoughts that said you're not good enough They were a thought that says, you're not able to stand right here and do what I'm doing because you might laugh at me, because you might think I'm goofy, because I might fail. Those thoughts are not from God. So I had to be willing to memorize scripture to say no more. I'm done. I'm over it. I'm willing to say, Jesus created me as a perfect person with sin. Sorry. Jesus created me. Where I am, and I'm broken by sin. But I wasn't created to be living broken with sin. I was created to be perfect with Jesus. And I have to invite him to my life, and he has to wash me clean of this sin, right? The thoughts are the thoughts, just like Jeff said, of the chisel. You know, you're taking something away. That's the same thought. I'm trying to chisel away these bad thoughts, and it's hard. I'm right there with y'all. So if you look, look at 2 Timothy 3 2 through 3. If you're in Luke, you need to flip to the right. Keep flipping. It's a little bit of a flip. Galatians, Ephesians, you got to get past all that. But once you're there, you'll see. Paul is telling Timothy, he says, Look, at the end of times, people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good. Another fact, that sounds like a lot of us today. Sounds like the world. The world, we have to be willing to say, all of us, the 200 plus in the room, have to be willing to say, I have an issue. Because Paul says, look, at the end of the times, this is what life is like without self-control. Not, they struggle with it, it's just, it's not there. It's tough, guys. It's hard. I'm right there with you. It's hard. But look, it wasn't just us that struggled with it. Even in the Bible, we see the disciples struggling with it. Looking at Matthew 26, 41. So if you're in Second Timothy, now we're flipping back to the left, a little bit past Luke where we were. You're okay. It's okay. I got it on the screen if you can't find it. I got you. Okay? Matthew 26. Jesus is about to go to the cross. He's about to be crucified. And the disciples are walking with him and he says everybody stop. We're going up to the mountain. So he takes Peter, James and John and goes farther up. And Jesus says, y'all three stop here. I'm going to pray. Matthew 26 if you're looking for it. 26. Yep. Stop here, I'm going to pray. He goes up. He starts praying. And he comes back, and guess what happened to the three amigos? They fell asleep. And he wakes up. And he's like, yo, come on, guys. You had one job. Just don't fall asleep. Just pray. And they didn't. So he goes back, starts praying again. And he they comes back, and guess what happened again? They fell asleep. Yeah. So Jesus looks them right in the eye and says this, watch and pray that you may not, not, you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. The disciples struggled with the self-control to not fall asleep, to stay locked in, to stay praying. We struggle with the same thing. So I show you that to show, look, it's not easy. I'm not sitting up here telling you I have great self-control and this is how you do it. Thank you, Wyla. I don't. <laughs> I told you that, I don't. Disciples didn't. We didn't, but we have such a great example in Jesus when he said he did, which brings us to our third point. We received the Holy Spirit. We acknowledge that we have an issue. And our third point, we have to take action. I'm going to go out on a limb and say y'all can spell take action. Sometimes I will misspell that one, A-C-T-I-O-N. Well, it's on the screen. I got you. You're good. Okay take action take action so looking at the rest of the verse that we looked at we just looked at verse 1 verse 2 so now we're going to look at 3-13 Jesus has been hungry he's been tempted a bunch and at the, coming to the end of it the devil walks up to him and says if you are the son of God command this stone to become bread Jesus looks at him and says it is written man shall not live on bread alone he showed self-control to not give in to feeling really hungry and just being like, oh, I got you right here. I'm hungry bread. Boom, done. He does the same thing again when the devil takes him up, shows him all the kings of the world. He shows him, hey, for this very second, you can also step out of God's plan. You can also walk as I do, as king of this very temporary world. In fact, I think you should do it. I think you should come. But Jesus looks at him and says, no. No. I'm willing to follow God's plan. The devil looks at him again and says, look, I'm going to take you up to the highest point. The highest point. And I'm going to look at you and I'm going to say, you toss yourself off because there's verses that say that, you're not going to get your foot struck on the ground. The angels are going to catch you. And Jesus looks at him and says, uh, I'm sorry, you took that verse out of context. This is what it really says. So we see that, and that's such a great example for all of us to realize. When we have thoughts, when we're struggling with self-control, when we're sitting there scrolling on our phone, you're like, "Ah." Oh, I don't need to be scrolling, but man, just maybe one more swipe, one more like, one more person to message. You know what I mean? You're right there with you. We have to turn around and use scripture to take action and say, no, this is what scripture says. When our friends around us are making fun of somebody or I'm going with a group of friends and they're going to do something that I know is not right, I have to be willing to say I'm going to have self-control and this is why. And I have to know these verses. Jesus didn't look at him and say, "Uh, hang on, let me go look it up in the Bible, and then I'll come back to you in a couple days. No, he knew it. He says, boom, I got you. You say this, but this is what God says. The world says, "Ah, we don't really need self-control. But God doesn't say that. He doesn't look at us and say self-control is, you know, just something to kind of practice, but you're good. You know, he doesn't say that at all. This is what it's like if we don't. Practice self control. Uh, Brian, can I borrow your help? Can you grab the two dodgeballs, please, sir? Ooh, Brian was ready. All right, big round of applause for Double B. Thank you, sir. All right, can you put them right here? Yep. It's right here, and back up. All right, Brian, we're going to play dodgeball. Yep, here's the deal Brian, when I, on the count of three, you know how dodgeball works? Run, pick the ball up, throw it at me. And I'm going to try to do the same, okay? Ready? One, two, three, go. Oh, try again, try again, try again. All right, Bryant, you hit me. This is what it's, but look, did I move to get the ball? Did I do anything? Do I win anything in dodgeball if I just stand here? No, I got to get hit eventually. That's what it's like if we're not willing to take action. That's me saying, Brian, I want to play dodgeball but I'm not willing to actually play dodgeball. For us, that's us saying, I want to practice self-control, but I'm not willing to do anything about it. I should have self-control. I mean, I've heard it so many times from my friends. Man, i got to have good self-control. Yeah, bro, I'm right there with you. We all do. But what are you going to do about it? Are you going to start practicing and memorizing scripture? Are you going to start reading your Bible every day? Are you willing to turn your phone off and say, nope, phone's out the door. I'm reading my Bible right now. Or are you just going to sit there and say, man, I really should have better self-control. Man, I really should. And then you just go about. So, Brian, let's try again. All right, you ready? Oh, my bad. You got it. You got it. Just put it down right there. Boom. All right, Brian. You ready? Three, two, one. Now we're going. All right, come on. All right, Brian's out. But look, I took action. I took action. I wasn't willing to just sit back and say, oh, man, hope I don't lose the battle with self-control. Oh, there's the ball. Oh, man, it hit me. Man, that was rude of Brian to hit me. No, I was like, ah, I've got you. I'm good. I know what to do. I'm going to take it. Right? There's a verse in Proverbs that says a man without self-control is like a city with no walls. I don't want to be a city with no walls anymore. A city with no walls gets plundered. It gets all of its food taken, all of its people taken, all of its houses burned. I'm tired of having my food taken, of my houses burned, and being willing to say, I'm not going to do anything about it. I'm going to rebuild my walls. Okay. So in that, I want to give you all three easy steps that just help me practice my self-control. Okay. The first one is prayer. I have to be willing to go to the Lord and say, Jesus, I cannot do this by myself. I have bad self-control, and I can't do this by myself. I have to be willing to go in prayer to him. The second is this, accountability. There's a bunch of y'all in the room. You got friends. You got people you know. At the worst, you got me, which isn't saying much, but you got me. Okay, but look, here's the deal. The people around you want you to have self-control. They want to help you. I want to help you. So be willing to look at somebody next to you and say, I want to have better self-control. Can you help me? Tyler, if you want to have better self-control and I want to have better self-control, I might look at you and say, hey, Tyler, I'm going to text you every day and remind you to read your Bible. And you're going to do the same thing to me. And that's going to help hold me accountable to read my Bible. I'm going to look at you and say, Tyler, I'm only going to be on my phone my phone, 30 minutes a day. And Tyler looks at me and says, deal, I'll do that too. So when my 30 minutes is up, I'm going to say, Tyler, my 30 minutes is up, I'm off. And your Tyler's going to do the same thing. I'm ho- he's holding me accountable. So your second step is accountability. Your third step is discipline, big slash habits. Are you willing to stick with it? I can say I'm going to be accountable. I'm I'm going to take it to the Lord in prayer. But if I'm not willing to do that again, 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 I'm going to end up failing. It's going to be rough. It's going to be rough. So Jeff, if your team wants to go out and come on up, it's going to be rough, guys. But I'm here to tell you, I'm right there with you. It's a struggle. I get it. I get it, okay? But we see from Luke 4, we see this story of Jesus walking in the wilderness, of Jesus being hungry. And we see a story of a man who had self-control, an example of somebody who was willing to say, I'm not willing to do this very temporary thing because there's a bigger plan. We can receive it, we can acknowledge it, and then we got to take action.